besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Welcome back to the Overnight Crowd. Paul Heath in the studio with you for this Friday night, headed into Saturday morning around the nation on SEN, across New Zealand and around the world on the SEN app. It's lovely to have you here with us and we'd love to hear from you what you're up to, what you're loving at the moment in the sporting world on the Overnight Crowd. 0433 98 11 16. That is the text line in studio to get involved or 1300 736 736. Although there will be time for your calls towards the back end of the hour because we're about to be joined by a Val Febo, host of the Breakpoint Pod, is also part of the First Serve team on SEN on what has been a, yet again another big day in tennis with the Immigration Minister Alex Hawke cancelling Novak Djokovic's visa, saying it was in the public interest to do so. So let's head on over to Val and uh, get the latest on that and also a bit of a build-up and preview of the Australian chances at the Australian Open for 2022 when it does get underway this Monday. We are joined by Val Febo, his host of the Breakpoint Point Pod, part of the first serve team on SEN. He joins the overnight crowd on what day after day continues to be, well, a massive day in tennis. G'day, Val. How you going, mate? Yeah, it's um, you're exactly right. Day after day, everything just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, weirdly, it's not because of the tennis. <laughs> not just yet. Uh, waiting for the on-court stuff to uh, take over the off-court stuff. But thanks so much for the time. And uh, I guess it is only fair that we start off-court. The Immigration Minister, Alex Hawke, has cancelled Novak Djokovic's visa, saying it was in the public interest to do so. But if I know Novak, uh, this isn't the end of it, is it? Uh, no, and they're in court now. So the <laughs> same judge, um, Judge Kelly, is uh, is presiding over over the case again. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, this, this is a long time from being over. I think that they're going to be talking, um, uh, until four o'clock tomorrow at least, but the, um, the lawyers want it wrapped up by Sunday. Um, so yeah, the entire weekend I think is going to be dedicated to, to this narrative continuing. And, um, yeah, it, it's disappointing because I was hoping it'd be over and we could actually talk yeah. about the tennis, but, um, unfortunately that's, uh, uh that's not going to happen. So this afternoon is a, or this evening is a directions hearing. So we're not going to get our, any resolutions out of that just yet. So yeah, as you say, I think we're waiting until uh, over the weekend. But yeah, the uh, hope is that it's done before Sunday because we get into the action on uh, Monday, don't we? Exactly right. So um, look, Djokovic is in the draw. There was that little, there, there was the murmuring around yesterday and there was a bit of chaos kind of happening because um, everyone was thinking, oh, geez, the draw has been delayed. And then you get a, um, a press conference announcement from the Prime Minister, so everyone thinks, ah, this is why it's been delayed. And then all of a sudden, he doesn't make it. He doesn't make an announcement about Djokovic. He makes an announcement about COVID. So the entire tennis journalism fraternity got an update on uh, on what's going on uh, in regards to the national cabinet and uh, and how we're going to push on with our COVID uh, with our COVID pandemic. But um, nothing about Novak Djokovic. And yeah, um, Alex Hawke has made the um, the direction today and he's made the decision today and um, they, they've gone through every little bit of evidence that they can in uh, in hope that, um, that it'll be done and dusted by the time Monday rolls around. So tournamentally speaking, uh, as far as uh, what we've got at the moment, what happens as far as the seedings or reserves uh, getting the call up into the open with uh, Novak's removal? Should it happen, I guess, is, is the point. <laughs> well, I think, I think it is going to happen. Um, so the main part that you need to know is that, um, 
Andre Rublev, the number five seed, he will go into Djokovic's spot on the draw. So that will take, um, so he'll take, or at this stage anyway, that's at this stage. So he'll take um, uh, Djokovic's spot to play Mirmir Kecmanovic. However, if this does go on too long, a lucky loser will be put in Djokovic's spot to take on Mirmir Kecmanovic, and there will just be 31 seeds instead of 32. If it is, if tomorrow, by chance the the decision is made and Djokovic is deported. There'll be enough time, I think, for Rublev to be put into Djokovic's spot, and they just move a couple of seedings around. So um, uh, then they'll end up being a thirty third seed that will go into that position on the draw. So um, yeah, very very interesting um, <laughs> things going on with the draw, and I guess we don't know how it's going to play out. Still, it's it's kind of still an unknown as it has been for nearly two weeks now. So yeah, it's um it's very very bizarre, but yeah, hopefully um hopefully we do get the quick resolution and there's not too much chopping and changing of the draw, but um I have a feeling as though that's what's going to happen. For the future, is Australia going to be given like the benefit of the doubt for the process of the saga overall that it was you know during a pandemic where the city that hosts the tournament experienced the most days of lockdown in the world, or will the athletes only think of the detainment of Novak when it next comes to travelling to Australia for the Open? No, I don't think so because Djokovic isn't vaccinated, and I think that's that's what everybody's forgetting here. That Djokovic is trying to play by his own rules in in this scenario. Stefano Tsitsipas said it. Um, Martin Fucevic said it. A, a lot of players have said it that Djokovic is trying to sort of play by his own rules. He should just be vaccinated. But look, even if he's not vaccinated, that's his choice. Um, you know, he has tried to go above and beyond and and apply for a medical exemption when he doesn't qualify for one. I think the smart thing for him to do would have either been, as I said, get vaccinated or try and not come here at all. The fact that he plastered it on social media and those two faithful words, medical exemption, um, that opened the can of worms. Um, And I I don't think, and and it is frustrating to see that the stigma that's created around Australia at the moment, because we have gone through a hell of a lot in terms of lockdown and people are saying, oh, he's one person. Why don't we just let him in? But I think it's beyond that. I think we've seen so many people lose their jobs because they don't want to be vaccinated. So if we let Djokovic in, it sets the wrong precedent. And I, 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 I think this is this has this decision is the one that had to be made because if you look at an AFL term, Liam Jones had to retire because he didn't want to get vaccinated, and he went out with no fuss. He just said, "Well, you know what? This is my choice." I'm going to retire and respect to him. If he doesn't want to get the vaccination, doesn't have to. So he retires. Um, So, yeah, I I think a lot of people need to read up a bit on our foreign policy and the history of Australia amidst this pandemic. So, um, yeah, I I don't think there should be any sort of stigma attached to to how we've operated. I think the only thing that we could have done better was let Djokovic um, talk to his people until 8.30 at the airport because they stopped the conversations at 7.44 in the morning. And that was the reason because it wasn't um, it, it, the um, the process wasn't reasonable. That was the reason that Judge Kelly um, made the decision in the first place. I think if Australia, if the border force had have um, gone through and followed procedure to the nth degree, I think we'd be sitting and um, uh, I think Djokovic would have been uh, would have been back in uh, in Serbia and then home to Monaco very very quickly. All right, well, I appreciate you letting me uh, serve a couple down to you about Novak because it's just so legal, legal, uh, ever-changing. It's really difficult to understand just what's going on, I guess.
Yeah, oh, it's it's insane, and and the amount that I've found out about Australia's laws and foreign policy um, <laughs> is uh, is bizarre. This week, I never thought that uh, I, I'd ever find out any of that stuff, and I never thought that um, a courtroom drama would um, would befall the Australian tennis fraternity and the Australian tennis summer in January. I never thought I'd see the day. All right, mate. Well, uh, let's get to some action on court, shall we? Uh, Ash Barty, singles and doubles win in Adelaide. Uh, had the time off at the end of last year. So the expectation and the hype are building, and they're very real as well, aren't they, uh, of an Aussie winning the Australian Open? Oh, 100%. I think Ash is, um, is primed to do it. She's the overwhelming favourite, and deservedly so, because of just the sheer way that she's played. She's just been phenomenal and sensational throughout um, throughout the last year, and she was brilliant on the clay court swing um, in Europe uh, around April, May last year. Unfortunately, was injured going into Roland Garros, so didn't um, couldn't defend her crown there or her her kind of title defence. She did miss an event, staying home during 2020. But um, then she goes to Wimbledon, plays so well, wins the title there over Carolina Pliskova. Bit of a difficult time of things um, in the U.S. swing. Um, didn't win the U.S. Open, went out fairly early, and then came home pretty early as well. Um, to train and do a big preseason and focus on 2022 and the Australian summer. And it seems to have paid off. She's got so much variety and so much upside. The way she moved last week in Adelaide was brilliant. She dispatched the likes of Coco Golf, who's still in the Adelaide tournament as we speak. Um, she dispatched um, Alina Rabakina uh, in the final, uh, Iga Sviantek, Sophia Kennan. They're two Grand Slam champions in that draw that she defeated. So just um, just an unbelievable result. The doubles will have also helped. She got that extra little bit of hit practice in um, with Storm Sanders, and she's such an accomplished doubles player as well, Ash Barty. So really impressive. She's my outright favourite to win the tournament. I-, I can't see anybody beating her. And look, she does play Naomi Osaka in the fourth round, should they both get there. Um, but Ash is far and by far and away the best player on the WTA right now. And if she doesn't win the tournament, I'll be surprised. So uh, what does Ash's draw look like for the Open? Uh, as you said there, uh, Naomi Osaka potentially in the fourth round. Uh, no other sort of threats uh, on the run-up to uh, the finals? No, I don't think so. I think Osaka was probably the, the biggest banana skin for her. She'll play qualifier Lacey Sarenko in, um, in the first round. Then um, up until the third round, she'll take on Camilla Georgie, who ended up winning the, Can- uh, the Canadian um, WTA 1000 event last year. So Georgie, when she wants to, can play a very, very, very dangerous brand of tennis. Um, so that might be difficult, but I'd assume Barty gets through there. And then the fourth round would either be, as I said, Naomi Osaka or Olympic gold medalist Belinda Bencic. So Bencic is a real tough one. I think probably for me at the moment, a tougher prospect than what Naomi Osaka would be for Ash Barty. Then could be Anjabur, but she's under an injury cloud, um, or Maria Sakari in the quarterfinals. So not sure um, what will happen there. But again, Sakari, very dangerous player. And then uh, Barbara Krejcikova, the French Open champion from last year, she could beat Barty's opponent in the semi-finals. So they're, they're, they're the possible scenarios for Ash. But I think um, I, I think that's gonna I, I think she'll um, she'll be able to get through pretty comfortably in a lot of those um, a lot of those encounters. She came off relatively no tennis last year and all and almost got through to the semi-finals. So she's an absolute superstar, Ash Barty. And yeah, I, I really rate her chances of winning this Australian Open. Ash is the sole women's uh, Aussie seed, of course, so being the top. But uh, what or who can we expect to maybe uh, get on a bit of a run and do the nation proud on behalf of the uh, women's draw? Look, unfortunately, nobody. Um, (laughs) 
I know that's really, really dull and that's not what you want to hear, but they have been given the most horrible draw. So we've got Isla yeah. Tomjanovic against Paula Badosa, the eighth seed, who won Indian Wells just a few months ago. Astra Sharma, she could get through to the second round. She plays Clara Torsen, but a very, very good young Danish prospect. But then she could play Annette Contevate in the second round. And Contevate just played an epic match in Sydney against Krejcikova today, fell 14-12 in the third set tiebreaker. She's a superstar and in the top 10, the number six seed. And then uh, Sam Stoza, she'll take on uh, fellow American wildcard, um, or fellow wildcard, I should say, Robin Anderson. So she could win that, Sam Stoza. That'd be good to see her get through. But second round, could see Anastasia Pavlichenkova, the French Open finalist from last year. Daria Saville, she's got Robin Peterson from... Um, Sorry, Rebecca Peterson from um, from Sweden. Uh, and then second round could be Iga Sviantec, the 2020 French Open champion there. So that's very difficult. And then if you keep going down, Madison Inglis takes on US Open finalists from last year. Uh, Leila Fernandez, Priscilla Hon gets 2019 French Open finalist, Marketa Von Drusova, and Storm Sanders cops Arena Sabalenka, the world number two. So... It's 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 real dire straits for the women. Hopefully, we can cause some upsets. But she's if if you could have if you would have told them um, that they were going to get that draw, the Aussie contingent, they would have been very very upset. I had questions about Aya Tomjanovic and also Astra Sharma, but uh, no, you've uh, covered it there, Val. Uh, that is a stitch up, most uh, certainly from the uh, organisers yep. to the Australian women. Yeah, you can't say the tournament's rigged because that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's um, that that's as horrifying as it gets. That, uh, that is no good at all. Uh, we'll keep moving on uh, further into the women's draw. Uh, she calls it the Sunshine Slam, and Australia is stoked to have Naomi Osaka return for 2022. That potential fourth-round match versus Ash Barty on the cards that we uh, spoke about. How have you uh, viewed Osaka's return to tennis? Uh, well, she pulled out with uh, with an injury in uh, in the Melbourne summer set. She was due to play the semi-final. So, um, look, she she was rusty. Um, she, she ended the year pretty early last year, um, and look, fair, fair enough. She hasn't played a match in in such a long time, and um, the last couple of times that she's retired in the week before a Grand Slam, she's ended up going on to win the title. So, um, look, I'm not sure what we're going to expect from uh, from Naomi Osaka. I think let's just keep a lid on it because I just don't know what she's going to be able to dish up, um, how she's going to go being so underdone with in terms of match practice and match fitness. So, I'm just not sure. Uh, look, I, I think that she will probably get to the third round, but then when she takes on Belinda Bencic, if Bencic gets there, I think that's where it's going to be a bit more difficult. How about some women's draw smokies? We hear about the Ashbardi, the Naomi Osaka. We know that Sophia Cannon won the Australian Open in 2020. Are there any other smokies emerging from the women's draw following uh, the draw from um, the other day that we should cast an eye uh, a little closer on? I'd watch out for Maria Sakari to get to the quarterfinals at least before she'd have her showdown with Ash. Um, Barbara Krejcikova, the French Open champion from last year, she's an out-and-out superstar. First round as well, Sophia Kennan, uh, the 2020 champion, taking on 2017 US Open finals, Madison Keys. That is a bad day to be a tennis ball um, if you're out there because they smack the ball as hard as humanly possible. Coco Goff, she's had a great tournament in Adelaide this week, so she's a real chance of going deep as well. Um, Paula Badosa was really, really good. Um, uh, she's been, uh, sorry, in 2021, and I think can fin- can start the year really strongly here. Annette Contivate as well. I think she's a real good chance of going deep into this tournament. Simona Halep, well, uh, 14th seed. 
Um, who knows what we're going to expect from her. So she's got a really interesting section of the draw where it could be Emma Raducanu, the US Open champion, in the third round. But Raducanu herself faces Sloane Stephens, the 2017 US Open champion and former world number three in the opening round. So it's going to be a very, very exciting women's tournament. Gavinia Muguruza in there as well. Iga Sviontek. Um, so there's so much to look forward to in terms of the women's draw. Angelique Kerber there as well. She'll take on Kai Kanepi in the opening round. So very, very excited to see um, what is going to unfold in this uh, in this women's draw. All right, let's move over to the men's draw. We've uh, heard just how much the uh, Australian women have been stitched up by the tournament. So let's run through some of the Aussies that the overnight crowd listeners have been getting excited about on the men's draw. Uh, John Millman, he takes on Feliciano Lopez, who has been on the uh, cusp of a top 10 uh, finish a couple of times over his career, a bit, you know, a few years back now. But uh, what can we expect out of this match? Uh, can John get on top and uh, start a bit of a run in the tournament? Yeah, this one's really exciting. I'm I'm so happy that Johnny drew uh, Feliciano Lopez. I love watching Lopez play. He's he's the quintessential uh, journeyman. He's been around for a very very long time. Um, Forty years old, still going, still playing um, pr- a pretty high level of tennis. And to be honest, with the way Milman has played um, so far this year, he 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 really struggled in 2021. Wasn't able to come home. Um, and hasn't really had that much of a pre-season with how late the, the year finished in the Davis Cup finals being in December. So he's only really had a few weeks before he could actually get out there and, and, and well, sorry, sorry, get home and relax and sort of put his feet up a little bit. So it's a bit of a, it's been a bit of a disaster of, in terms of an off-season for him. So uh, beaten in straight sets by Tanasi Kokonakis in the Adelaide first round uh, last week, and then Pedro Martinez handling him pretty comfortably in the first round of Adelaide uh, 2 this week. So I think Feliciano Lopez is a real chance of getting him. Um, and then the second round there, um, Alexander Zverev is the man um, that they are both tipped to face. So I don't think either of them will be getting past the second round because Zverev, uh, Zverev <laughs> at the Australian Open semi-finalist two years ago and quarter-finalist last year, he's really hunting that maiden Grand Slam. Uh, Alexander Vukic, uh, he has Lloyd Harris from South Africa first up. Uh, that's a pretty tough gig to get uh, in your first round. Yeah, it is. Harris had a really good year last year. Um, played some fantastic tennis and had some really big wins. Um, the 30th seed, I think Vukic is a real chance, though. If you watched him in Adelaide this week, he really pushed the Nazi Kokonakis. It was his maiden um, ACP quarterfinals. So brilliant performance from Vukic. Hits the ball hard. And he's mentally very strong. I love the way he talks. I love the way he goes about it. And he's got a lot of passion for the um, for, for tennis. So um, he, he just gets on with the job, doesn't focus on what happened previously. And last year, he was very close to being up two sets to one against uh, Karen Kashinov, who's been in the top 10 before. So would pencil Vukic in for at least a four-setter, hopefully a five-setter. But um, yeah, uh, Lloyd Harris beat Alexi Popperin last year and got through to the third round of the AO. So um, definitely not someone to be sneezed at. <laughs> uh, James Duckworth, he has France's uh, Adrian Manorino in the first round, but that's a pretty big chance for him to get through to the second round. Yeah, I think uh, Duck should get through. The way he played last year, he was brilliant. He was probably my standout Aussie on the ATP Tour last year for the way that he played. Got himself into the top 50 for the first time, um, made an ATP final, made, made an ATP Masters 1000 quarterfinal in Paris. He's he's he. It's just so good to see him finally getting some reward on the Tour. He's had a lot of injuries, so great to see him um, inside the top 50. Should get past Manorino, who's been around for a very long time, but he will fight tooth and nail. Um, if you remember back in the Wimbledon first round last year, Manorino pushed Federer to five sets, 
had to retire at the start of the fifth. But the winner of that, again, another horror draw for the Aussies. Um, the winner of that will most likely get Hubert Hercash the 10th seed um, in the second round. And Hercash finished the year very strongly in 2021, played the ATP finals and made the Paris Masters semis. Uh, Thanos Ikokonakis, uh, he's on the comeback trail. He's had some nice performances in the warm-up matches. Is he still awaiting his opponent at the moment? Yes, so uh, Matt Ebden, the Aussie, is still uh, in the qualifying draw at the AO. So he's still playing at the moment. And, uh, yeah, as we speak, so doing this pre-recorded, um, yeah, he's still going. He's at 6-5 up in the third set against Norbert Gombos. So as soon as that's done, the men's draw will be announced. So Danasi Kokonakis awaits a qualifier. And then in the second round, guess who? Rafael Nadal. Can you believe it? <laughs> but, 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 there is a big but there. I honestly think... He could push Nadal. If we look back at last year, he pushed Stefanos Tsitsipas to five sets after basically playing no tennis. Mm. I genuinely think with how rusty Nadal was last week, um, even though he won the title at the Melbourne Somerset, I would not put it past Thanasi Kokonakis to at least get a set or two off Rafael Nadal should he get through to the second round. So a bit of a disaster draw there because after that is Karen Kashinov um, in the third round. Then you get Herkash, then you get Zverev, then you... Probably, well, at the moment, you get Novak in the semis or Matteo Berrettini. And if the draw does change, it's Andre Rublev. So it's a bit of a disaster sort of sector of the draw there for either for Nadal, for Kashinov, for Herkash, for Zverev. Um, there's going to be a lot of taxing tennis being played for, for all of them. But hopefully Kokonakis can at least get through to that Rafa showdown. Uh, Alex Diminor takes on the Italian Lorenzo Mercedes. Uh, Alex is ranked at the Open, but he uh, cops a tough, uh, gutsy young Italian in round one. Yeah, you're right. He really does. Um, Lorenzo Musetti is an out-and-out superstar or a young superstar of the game. The way he goes about his tennis, he's so stylish to watch. And he actually had Novak two sets to love down at the French Open last year. So won the first two sets in uh, in a tie-break and retired um, halfway through the fifth with uh, with fatigue, I think. So he, he kind of worked himself into the ground. But the guy has got the pedigree. He's had most of his noteworthy results on clay so far. So I think hard court, he's still got a little bit of work to do. So Demon should win, but um, look, you never know. And uh, Demon has said that he's in the best shape of his life. Hopefully he can get through the second round. He it should be fairly comfortable for Demon, or should he get through um, with Italian veteran Andrea Seppi there or Camille Marchuk of Poland. And then the third round matchup for Demon or would be 8C Kasper Ruud, who had a really, really solid finish to 2021. He won five titles on the tour and made the semifinals of the ATP finals on debut at the tournament. So he's a superstar. Demon hopefully can uh, put up a third round showing and, and possibly even go past Kasper Ruud. If he does, if he does do that, then he's got Nicolas Basilashvili, who's around there. Yannick Sinner, the Italian world number uh, seed, uh, 11 seed is there as well. Um, as well as uh, Roberto Bautista Agu, Taylor Fritz, all around the same part of the draw, uh, as Ste- and Stefano Tsitsipas as well, all in that little section. Jordan Thompson, he has himself Steve Johnson, not the Geelong legend, but the American tennis gun. How do you see JT going in this one? Yeah, uh, Jordan Thompson, I don't know. He finished last year really poorly, um, had COVID, just wasn't feeling 100%. Got through to the second round in Sydney this year, but... Um, probably wasn't more for him playing well rather than Marcos Giron, his American opponent, um, missing a lot of chances. Uh, Giron actually started that match really, really well. So I'm not sure about Thompson. Steve Johnson getting getting oh, getting over the hump, or he's over the hump now in terms of the 30-year-old mark. So 
look, I'm not sure. I think that one's got the makings of a, of a four-hour, five-set thriller because um, <laughs> I just I absolutely cannot pick it. But if there is going to be a winner, unfortunately for Jordan Thompson, I've got to go with Stevie J. Alexi- or the American Stevie J, anyway. Okay, we'll go with that. Uh, Alexi Popperin, uh, he has Arthur uh, Rindekinich, a uh, tall man from France. Uh, how will Alexi go? Well, Arthur Rindekinich has had a phenomenal start to the year. He was he was not humiliated at all at the ACP Cup, playing a lot of players that were ranked um, a, a fair way above him. So um, Roman Safiulin beat him uh, in three, and Safiulin had a great ACP Cup, was brilliant for Russia, and only just got pipped in the qualifying post today. Um, Rindiknesh was the silent and quiet achiever in 2021, got himself up to world number 50 at the end of the year, which um, not many people expected from him. So a brilliant, brilliant season for him. And uh, he's been really good. He's in the Adelaide final this week. So his first ATP final and looking for his maiden ATP title as well. So Alexi Popperin has his work cut out considering he's really struggled to get going this year. So not sure what to expect from this one. But uh, at the moment, I'd probably back in Rindiknesh because of the, the form that he's been in. So, um, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see who wins that. But Alexi's got a lot of weapons and he loves playing at Melbourne Park. Alex Bolt's up next. Uh, feels like the tournament is full of tough Spaniards and Bolty finds another one here. He uh, has copped Alejandro Davidic Fakina in the first round. How good is his name? I never get sick of saying it. Triple barrels are the best. Yeah. It's just brilliant. <laughs> they're, they're Absolutely brilliant. All of them are pretty high high level, the uh, Spaniards getting around at the minute. <laughs> yeah, but the, this one, is this one I think, tops it. Um, look, Alex Bowl, I was, in all honesty, surprised that he got a wild card. I don't think he did enough for, for me personally to warrant one. I thought Max Purcell probably deserved it a little bit more, but he's in the draw. He's had some great results at Melbourne Park in the past, but the problem is Davidovich Fakina is a bull. He will work until the very end and just fight and fight and fight and fight and fight and just continue to go. He was a quarterfinalist at the French Open last year, um, the Spaniards, so very good on clay, but he's also very good on hard and he just continues to work and he's such a dogged competitor. He's only 22 years old as well. So I think there's so much upside for him and I think he'll get rid of um, Alex Bolt, unfortunately, for the Aussie contingent very comfortably. Just a couple of Aussies left uh, for the men's draw. Chris O'Connell, he's uh, pulled Hugo Gaston of France, another country well represented at the Open. Uh, How will Chris go? This is a tough one. Hugo Gaston is such a firebrand. He's, He's a typical quintessential French player got a lot of flair, a lot of inconsistencies in his matches so far. But um, in 2020, he actually pushed Dominic Team to five sets at the French Open immediately after Dominic Team took home his maiden Grand Slam title at the US Open. So he's got a lot of games as Hugo Gaston was actually in the Paris Masters last year, made the quarterfinals and was down five love in the second set against Carlos Alcaraz of Spain. Came back and won at 7-5. He had the French crowd rocking in uh, in the indoor stadium there in Bercy. So he's a really good young talent, but I love Chris O'Connell. I love the way he goes about it, how he's had to come back from injuries. He stopped playing tennis for a while to clean boats. Um, he, he's just, he's a really humble guy, really nice guy as well. I hope he wins, and I think he will get the job done against Hugo Gaston with the home crowd on his side. Put him in Kia Arena. He'll get the Aussie crowd pumping, and hopefully he can get over the line. All right, it's only fair for an update on the King. Uh, what is the latest on Kyrgios? He had COVID, uh, awaiting an opponent at the minute as well. Yeah, not sure yet what's happening with Nick Kyrgios. So <laughs> very interesting one. Um, but look, uh, he's an enigma. He hasn't played a match 
um, leading into this Australian Open. So that worries me probably more than anything else because we saw what happened when he went into Wimbledon off no tennis last year, made the third round, was playing so well against Felix Auger, Ali Asim, and played an epic five-setter against Hugo Humbert. And unfortunately, Kyrgios couldn't get the job done, won the first set, had to retire in, uh, after the second. So that's what worries me. Kyrgios, when he is underdone, he always gets injured, and that is the big concern. But the problem is, if he does get through his first-round matchup against the qualifier, he'll have to take on Daniel Medvedev, the reigning Grand Slam champion at the US Open. So um, I don't think he's getting past Medvedev. Daniel was so good at the ATP Cup last last week, and um, I, I can't see him losing. Um, and also in that section of the draw, Hugo Umber, the uh, player who Kyrgios did beat twice in five setters uh, last year. And also for Medvedev, that's a nice, that's a tricky little matchup because Richard Gasquet is there. But Umber actually beat Medvedev in the first match of the year at the ATP Cup. Also, Botik van der Zanschlup is there, as is Jan Lennart Struff. Van der Zanschlup made the quarterfinals at the US Open last year and was the only player to take a set off Daniel Medvedev at that tournament. So that little uh, section of the draw there is nice and spicy. There's a lot of good players um, and a lot of tough matches there um, for Medvedev, Kyrgios, van der Zanschlup, Gasquet and Umber. We've only covered the uh, Aussie aspect of it, but uh, the big names, uh, who are you expecting to make their way into the second week of the tournament? Uh, in the men's draw, um, I, I think Medvedev, he, he's my clear favourite. I, I think he gets past Luxon and of um, Switzerland pretty comfortably early. Then I think he gets past Kyrgios. Might be a bit difficult against Ugo Umber or van der Zanschlup or Struff, as I mentioned before, but I think he should get through that those ones pretty comfortably and get through to the fourth round. In the fourth round, he'd likely see Diego Schwartzman uh, or John Isner, the 22nd seed American. But I think Maxime Cressy, who played uh, the Melbourne Somerset final against Rafael Nadal uh, last week, I think he's probably the big chance of getting through to the fourth round. Him or Schwartzman are probably my backups. I think it's going to be Medvedev there. And then uh, uh, as well as that, you've got some... Uh, Felix Auger-Aliassim or Andre Rublev, but Rublev may get moved. So that's the big question um, in what happens in, in that sense. So not sure, but um, I, I think um, Medvedev-Rublev quarterfinal there on the um, on the bottom of the draw in case it stays that way. Um, Stefano Tsitsipas, not really sure what to expect from him. His ATP Cup was pretty subpar. A mouth-watering third-round matchup with Grigor Dimitrov awaits there. Roberto Bautista Agu as well with how well he played at the ATP Cup. He's probably the, the Spanish king of January, the way he's played here the last <laughs> couple of years. So I think he might um, he might cause some uh, troubles for Stefano Tsitsipas. Really good round one matchup. Andy Murray against Nicolas Basilashvili. They played in Sydney uh, a couple of days ago, a three-hour epic there. So not sure what's going to happen. Yannick Sinner, the Italian 11 seed, is also there as well. So he's a real chance of getting through to a quarterfinal. Casper Ruud, the eight seed, not sure what to expect from him. Um, the second quarter in the men's draw, the one with Nadal and Zverev in it. You've also got Denis Shapovalov there. You've got Hubert Herkash. You've got um, Aslan Karatsev as well, last year's semi-finalist. So it'd be it'd be pretty stupid to write him off as well. Karen Kashinov is there as well. Lloyd Harris, Riley Apelka. So uh, there's some mouth-watering matchups. I think the top quarter of the draw is probably the weakest. But even there, you've got Matteo Berrettini. He would have been absolutely gutted to see Novak Djokovic in his quarter, considering Djokovic beat him at the French Open, Wimbledon, and the US Open last year. But Djokovic looks as though he is going to miss out on this tournament. Pablo Carreño Busta is also there. Um, Spanish super, young superstar Carlos Alcaraz is there. He made the US Open quarterfinals last year. 
So this one's really, really exciting. It's going to be hard to pick, especially with Djokovic out of the draw. I don't think Nadal is going to win it. Djokovic not out of the draw yet, as I said, but I I suspect that he will be. I don't think Rafa's going to win. I think Medvedev is probably my favourite to do so. Alexander Zverev would be a very hard to bet against as well. Well, really appreciate the time, mate. You've got us well and truly ready for the Open. Uh, We'll keep up with your work on the Breakpoint pod and also the first serve. Not a problem, mate. Have a good night. That was Val Febo, host of the Breakpoint pod and part of the First Serve team on SEN, getting us ready for the Australian Open. So we've uh, previewed all your Aussies there on the women's side who, according to Val, have been stitched up with uh, some of their opponents in the first round. So they're going to have to dig deep to continue on into the tournament. We do, of course, have the number one seed on the women's side of the draw in Ash Barty. But for the uh, men's side of things, well, there's some uh, interesting uh, first round matches coming up with some real 50-50s and a couple that you would expect the Aussies to get through. So let us know who your you know favourite is for the Aussie contingent at the Australian Open when it does get underway this Monday. And uh, also, if you've got any thoughts around uh, today's proceedings with Novak Djokovic's visa being cancelled, for the moment, it's uh, moving through the uh, courts. Uh, there will be some more hearings over the weekend on Saturday. They're hoping to have it wrapped up by Sunday and uh, get the tournament underway on Monday. Uh, so we'll wait and see what happens from here. But let us know your thoughts on uh, just who's your favourite for the Australian contingent at the Australian Open when it does get underway this uh, Monday uh, Monday morning. 0433981116. That is the open line or the text line on the overnight crowd to get your thoughts in around the Australian Open tennis or one. 300-736-736. We'd love to hear from you on the Overnight Crowd. Uh, special thanks once again to Val Febo for joining us and, well, comprehensively getting us ready for the Australian Open, it's fair to say. The Overnight Crowd will be right back with you on SEN just after this. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.